When life gets harder, you get smarter. You don't mission, you level up like a boss. Connect Vox Fiber to your home, starting from 554 Rand per month. Level up your experience with Airtime's Wi-Fi boosters, Vopi Voice app calling, offers 365 and over 160 other products to enhance your lifestyle. Live smart, level up with Vox. Visit vox.co.za to view our range. T's and C's apply. So, Rechot, uh, do, do you like my new digs behind me here? Duncan, you must have spent thousands upon thousands of rounds on your new studio. How did you do it? I like your Mac in the corner there too. That's beautiful. Oh, it's a Mac. Jeez, I wouldn't have selected that from my green screen if I knew there was a Mac in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I've given away the game. It. It's right there behind you. I don't see it, Duncan. <laughs> but, uh, I want to see the size of that light. Would you go stand next to that light back there? See if it's a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that one there. <laughs> yeah, you said before we started uh, going live this afternoon that you have something very special there today. What, what are you What are you drinking this afternoon? So I'm just opening this up. So this is a nobody will have this. Oh, where's the camera? There looks like a gross bottle. Yeah, but it's a, this is a test batch for a new brew that um, my very good friend is brewing for me. So this is a beer that I've asked him to do. It's like a New England IPA. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bitter. Bitter taste, bitter hops ending. Oh, it's beautiful. So this is like the first batch of that beer, the first taste sample. We're going to play with it and see what it tastes like. And hopefully in a few weeks there will be a keg of it. Mm-hmm. That I have lots and lots of beer for. Oh, you've got the right friends, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> commissioning, commissioning beer, Duncan. It's very easy to do. You just need to know the right people. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, it's, uh, we, need a, we need some sort of system that will allow us to uh, share physical objects over YouTube so that I can taste some of that. What we should actually do, we should just get our act together. I can just Uber you some, you know what I'm saying? Like it, mm. it'll take 20 minutes, it'll be there by the time the show starts. <laughs> it'll probably cost like 40 Rand. Yeah. That's a good idea. drives away with the bottle. That's a novel use for Uber. <laughs> but I only have two of these, so I wasn't really going to send a whole one. Yeah. Maybe a test, little test batch or something. Yeah. Test, test sample would have been all right. <laughs> Martin in the chat room says, oh, I'll go grab a beer too. Do they make, <laughs> do they make decent beer in Australia, Martin? I, I thought that um, I thought the stuff over there was pretty toxic. Um, what, what is their big beer there? It's triple X or something. I think, isn't that only their big export beer? They don't even sell it there locally, if I'm not Oh, sure. don't they? Uh, well, there's one of these big brands. I think it might have been Foster's or one of these, actually. Yeah. But it's it's considered a big export, but nobody look nobody there buys it from right. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's get into this week's show. Um, I had a, a rather unpleasant incident this week, which I actually want to talk about on the show um, because I think it's while it's not there is a little bit of a tech angle to it. I think uh, I think it's something that affects all of us as South Africans. And um, I was coming back. I was emceeing an event in Santon on. Uh, on uh, I think it was Wednesday evening, um, I was on uh, Republic Road uh, into Randburg. Uh, for people who don't know, Joburg, Santon, and Randburg are right next to each other. Uh, and it was around six forty-five in the evening. I was sitting in in heavy rush hour traffic, mm-hmm. with my window partially down, when uh, two thugs approached me, two armed thugs, and uh, wanted to liberate me of my uh, of everything they could find in the cabin of my vehicle. Um, I didn't realize that they had guns uh, before, um, uh, uh, well, when they approached me, um, but one of them pushed their arm into my car and uh, wound my window down and uh, violently took the keys out of my ignition. And I had a, a bit of a scuffle with him. I threw the keys on the on the floor mm-hmm. uh, so he didn't get them. Um, I then had a scuffle with him over, over my cell phone, uh, which I actually wrestled away from him and put on my passenger seat. Um then the second accomplice who then arrived on the scene um, wanted my wedding ring. And he, um, I said, no, you can't have it. And I know this is not the stuff you're actually supposed to do in this sort of situation. You're supposed to just comply. But I guess you never know, really know how you're going to respond until it happens to you. Um, and uh, I, I figured these guys were just chances and they, they probably weren't armed because I hadn't seen a firearm at that point. Um, so I, uh, I put, back, put up a bit of a fight and... Um, and then the guy, the second accomplice, demanded my wedding ring. I said no to him, and he then climbed into my vehicle, through the through the open window, and um, started biting at my hand. Um, uh, he uh, was trying to use his teeth to get my wedding ring off. 
Um, then instinct kicked in, and I gave him a proper smack on the head with my right fist, um, and he withdrew from the vehicle. Uh, it was at this point that um, uh, the other guy said, um, the first accomplice who had approached the vehicle um, said to me, it said to me, I'm going to shoot you. Um, I still didn't think he had a firearm, uh, but a few seconds later he uh, he pointed a firearm at my chest, a small caliber uh, handgun. Uh, I can't be certain if it was a real gun or a um, or a toy gun. It was uh, quite dark. It was after sunset, and you just don't want to mess with that thing, that sort of thing. So um, I handed him my cell phone, which he then promptly dropped under the car, and he didn't realize he dropped it. So he said, "Where's your phone gone?" So I said, it's under the car. He went under to fetch it and gave the second accomplice my wedding ring voluntarily. Um, and then I stood on my hooter. I had traffic all around me at this point, and I'm sure the, the car behind me at least saw what was going on. Mm. Uh, but I probably also wouldn't get out of my vehicle and intervene in that sort of situation because it is very right. dangerous. Um, so, yeah, in short, they got they got away with my phone and, and, and my wedding ring. Um, the phone, I don't really care about that much. Wedding ring obviously has some sentimental value. Um, but uh, as soon as I got home, I fired up Google Find My Device, of course, on my uh, on my computer, and I saw that the uh, the the uh, I saw the location, the last location of the device. So they'd, they'd moved from Republic Road, which was uh, at the corner of Garden Road, uh, just before the Shell Garage. If anyone who lives in Joburg knows that area, they then appear to have run through the open felt um, below the ESCOM substation in the area uh, where the pylons run down uh, into the into the um, into the open felt there um, and then they emerged um, at the bottom near the total garage on William Nickel um, which is not uh, it was kind of halfway between the William Nickel pick and pay and the and Santon Drive where you turn left to go into mm-hmm. Santon Drive uh, kind of um, a little bit further up the road if you're heading towards Santon from the engine garage and the Ford dealership on the left um, road called Minerva Road and they um, the, the last time my phone was seen was there that's where they obviously either took the SIM card out or switched it off um, and um, yeah um, my guess is they, they either got into a taxi or they had a vehicle waiting at the total garage and then they left the scene um, and uh, the phone hasn't been switched on since I have sent a remote wipe to the device using Google Um but I, I, don't, I still don't know to this day whether it's been switched on. According to Google Find My Device, I had another look this morning. It still hasn't been switched on. Mm-hmm. But what was really interesting is I phoned my bank. Um, I bank with F&B, and I, I told them what happened uh, because obviously I have my phone is locked, uh, and I have but I have the F&B banking app on my phone, which is also you can only access through biometrics or a password. And they um, they uh, then said to me that they are required to cancel all of my cards that are linked to my online profile um, and to suspend my internet banking, um, which I found a bit strange, but uh, maybe they're just being overly precautious. Rather um, than that, uh, to be honest, I mean, yeah. at least they're proactive in saying, let's rather look at this. Yeah. Because I've seen enough of this stuff, I'm sure yeah. somebody's made a call and said it because it's, yeah, it's, it makes more yeah. sense to do it. Yeah. Even though there's two-factor authentication in any transactions you do, um, uh, I, I guess they, um, I guess they're just being precautious. Uh, they're being cautious, but um, it, it was uh, it was a nasty situation. And um, you know, my I, I still haven't received my new cards. I need to re-enable my internet banking next week. It's um, it's all rather painful. But um, as many people on Twitter pointed out when I posted this, um, you know, at least I got away with my life. Yeah. Sad that you have to say that that has to be the, you know, the current, the positive thing that comes from this type of thing, you know, that we have to yeah. have a place where you, you look forward to, you know, keeping your life rather than mm. else. Mm. I've, I've heard of another story recently happening also in this, this area where um, somebody was on the phone and the phone was taken out of their hand, so stolen out of their hand. Just snatched. For the, yeah, snatched for the obvious idea of keeping the phone unlocked uh-huh. so that they can get into it. So that's kind of a new trick that I've, you know, that you know, now I'm all of a sudden very wary of talking with my phone in my hand in public. Fortunately, I've got a hand-free kit so I can use that, but still, yeah. you know, not even two-factor authentication is often, because once they have an unlocked phone, they can probably get a few things, uh-huh. um, might not get into your banking app, but, you know, they might be able to, if they know what they're looking for, they might be able to get a few things, some information and yeah. there. 
Yeah, I actually thought about that. And, you know, you know, the Android operating system allows you to keep your device unlocked if you're in trusted zone. So if you connect to your car's Bluetooth, for example, it'll offer to um, keep your phone unlocked when you are connected to your car's Bluetooth or if you're in a Wi-Fi hotspot area that you uh, connect to frequently. Uh, it'll often ask you, you know, you seem to be in your home Wi-Fi zone. Would you like to unlock the device here? Uh, in future, I'm certainly not going to um, allow my phone to remain unlocked when I'm connected to my car's um, system. Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. I don't I don't actually have that feature enabled. My car isn't that fancy. I don't have Bluetooth. But, okay. um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that is, that it seems like a nice feature, maybe at home more than um, out and about. Yeah, yeah. So that was my tale of woe from what was a rather challenging week. <laughs> no, that's terrible, man. It's uh, again, it's yeah, it's mm. not the South Africa we want today, and it no. happens so often. I mean, I, d- I don't understand how those areas. There's so many hot spots in Joburg. I mean, if they put up hot spot signs, you know, yeah, especially then that William Nickel area where they pick and pays, you know, mm. you often hear of stories daily, probably. Mm. Have you seen what's behind that pick and pay? Yeah, I cycle through there quite often um, on the spread. Um, yeah. It's a path, the river, and there's a lot of um, vagrants, uh, vagrants uh, guys that collect um, recyclable stuff. Mm. They dump and collect and sort it there. So it's a bit of a mess back there. It's a real mess back there, and I think the city needs to do something about it. Um, and it's been going on for years. I mean, I haven't been behind there for about three years when I did a trail run from uh, from, from Emmerentia to Sunning Hill, and I did not feel safe running behind that pig and pay. Yeah, look, there's there's been a few I've there's been a few times that I've gone through that I've also felt a little bit uneasy. Um, if I just feel with a bike I can probably outride them quickly, but it's not the kind of again <laughs> the kind of thing you want to be thinking about, you know, no. when you're trying to go for a tranquil ride. Yeah. So I don't go that far down anymore. I kind of turned by Bryanston. Um, yeah. There. Yeah. But yeah, sad yeah. sad to see that type of thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. On that depressing note, shall we? Uh, shall we talk about more exciting stuff like I technology? Know, this is my beer, I think. <laughs> oh, I poured myself a Southern Comfort, but I um, I didn't bring it here. Oh, that wasn't very smart of me. Another, oh, so now it's somewhere else, and you can't get it live because <laughs> we're live, indeed. <laughs> my arm's not long enough to fetch it. Oh well. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's jump into this week's news. Um, let's uh, let's get oh, this kicked off. We haven't done the introduction, actually. No, we haven't. I'm, in case you don't know it yet, Duncan McLeod. <laughs> and I'm Rechard van der And this is Talk Central episode 267 for the week starting 28 July 2019. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. Join our YouTube stream live on Sundays from about 1 p.m. till 3 p.m. No, till about 3 p.m. <laughs> Please do hit that subscribe button as well. Sorry, Rechard, I didn't update the show uh, notes. Uh, <laughs> it was 3 p.m. last Sunday. <laughs> on Talk Central this week, the Spectrum policy is finally released. We unpack it. Also on the show this week, Apple buys Intel cellular chip division, city power hit by a ransomware attack, plus a radical new start menu may be coming to Windows. Sunday afternoon, we are live streaming on YouTube and it's time to talk everything technology. Let's do our quiz. The first question, hosting company Hetzner has a new name. What is it called? And it doesn't exactly uh, roll off the tongue. Naspers this week announced it was leading a funding round in which education technology company? Third question, which giant European telco this week said it would spin off its tower infrastructure into a new company? And uh, government is forging ahead with plans to create a wholesale open access network or WOAN. How much of the WOAN's capacity does it want commercial operators to re- uh, who receive new high demand spectrum to support, um, to buy? Uh, I'm tripping over my words here today. Government is forging ahead with plans to create a wholesale open access network or WOAN. How much of the WOAN's capacity does it want commercial operators who receive new high demand spectrum to buy to support it? It's a bit and of a the mouthful. Final <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even had sun comfort yet. And the final question, how much is Apple buying Intel's cellular modem chip division for? Oh, did you get it? Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes, my wife kindly brought me my, uh, my Southern Comfort. So, so she was listening order, to the stream. She was listening to the stream. Order, audio, audio. order is restored to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> As always, we'll get to the answers to the quiz at the, at the end of the show. But uh, let's dive into this week's news. And... Uh, Spectrum is the big story this week. 
Finally, we have the policy direction from uh, the communications minister, Stella Ndebeni Abrams, um, which we have been waiting a very long time to see. And the good news is that uh, some sense seems to have prevailed in this uh, in this document. Um, the WOAN is still there, and I'm still not convinced the WOAN is a good idea. But at the, by the same token, I think that, you know, let's give it a try and see if it works. Um, uh, if it if it fails, then kill it quickly. If it if it works, then fantastic. Um, but the idea really is to try and um, create more competition in the market to Vodacom and MTN, who are the dominant incumbents who have about eighty five percent revenue share of the market. Um, and uh, they they want to uh, to really give this uh, this new Wowan player a, a lot of opportunity, a lot of uh, um, support to get off the ground. So they're going to give it uh, access to a much lower cost, if not um, at cost spectrum. Um, they're also going to give it preferential access to spectrum. Um, though the good news is the government has finally backed down on its nonsensical plan to um, to give all of the high demand spectrum to to the WAN, which is really a stupid idea and would have created a new monopoly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what looks like is going to happen is that the WAN is going to once it's once it's formed, once we know who the shareholders are, etc. Um, once it's been incorporated. Um, it will be given access to... Um, well, actually, I suppose the spectrum licensing process can happen first. It doesn't have to wait for the incorporation of the company. Um, but it will be given uh, preferential access to 700, 800 and 2.6 gigahertz bands. Um, and um, other operators that are given high-demand spectrum, so presumably Vodacom, MTN, and possibly one or two others, um, who will get their spectrum presumably through a spectrum auction process, um, will be mandated or required to purchase 30% of the national capacity of the WOAN for a period, I think, of up to 10 years. It's either 5 or 10. I think it's 10 years. Um, and the idea is that this will then support the WOAN and allow it to, uh, you know, to, to get some revenue in and, and, and to start to build out infrastructure, etc. It's going to be an open access network. The idea being that um, any of the 400 or so uh, licensed operators in South Africa, um, very few of whom actually deploy uh, mobile infrastructure, um, will have the opportunity to participate in this network, uh, not only as shareholders, but also to be able to buy access to this network on an open access basis to deploy services to end users. And uh, who knows, it might actually work. Um, it, um, it might actually work. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of ifs here. Um, but the, the the final spectrum policy direction does seem to, you know, there seems to be some sense it's crept it crept into the market here. I think there's still lots of questions to be answered. Um, for example, the uh, the minister wants the licensing process to happen in parallel for the commer- for the uh, big commercial operators, so your Vodacoms and MTNs, uh, at the same time as the WOAN. Is that going to lead to any delays in the allocation of spectrum? It's not clear. Um, one hope it doesn't. Um, but uh, the ball is really in ICASA's court here, and ICASA has been given a lot of leeway to determine exactly how this licensing process is going to work. Um, I'm not sure if they're legally mandated to consider to uh, to do what the minister wants them to do. I suspect that they are not, but um, I suspect uh, I suspect because of the um, that they they wouldn't want to be seen to be diverging radically from what the government wants to try and do with the WOAN, for example. So I suspect that what we see in the policy document is going to be used as the basis for this licensing process. But the good news is there's finally some movement on this thing that we've been waiting so long for. I mean, the spectrum should have been allocated uh, 10 years ago. ago. 10 years ago. This is 4G spectrum we're talking about, not even 5G. No, it's insane. And that's the only thing that makes me a bit worried when, when... Politicians get their hands on technology. Mm. Um, it's it, it, it stifles the development. Clearly, it's been seen, I think, all over the world in many cases. Um, but yeah, I really hope I really hope this works. We need we need some proper technology wins in this country and stuff mm. that will you know kind of lead to better things and perhaps more profitable businesses and obviously some jobs. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, apparently, there's some a uh, little bit of hiss coming through on my line. I've moved my mic away. Uh, anyone in the chat room, please let me know if you're hearing hiss from my side, and I'll see if I can investigate it while we're live streaming here. Um, but um, hopefully, now that I've moved the mic away, the hiss is, if, if it was there, is, is uh, not as bad as it was. But quite exciting, I think, uh, that um, that uh, this uh, that this licensing process is finally going ahead, and mm-hmm. let's hope Icasa gets a move on. The one thing I was disappointed in, though, was that the minister said that. 
Um, she's not going to use the same process for licensing 5G spectrum. And in fact, um, she's going to wait until after the World um, Radio Communications Conference in November, where the final, where the final um, 5G standards, I believe, are going to be bettered down. And then she's given ECOSA another six months beyond that, so probably taking it around May, early June next year, uh, to um, to compile a report for her on on the various spectrum bands, including sub six gigahertz and the millimeter wave spectrum bands, which are suited suited for 5G, and um, what. Uh, uh, she wants a report on 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 how the, these bands should be effectively uh, allocated to operators or whoever wants access to them uh, to, for the rollout of five G. But um, my my concern is that's going to put us behind many other countries in in starting to deploy five G networks. I know that uh, I'm sure that MTN and Vodacom are are keen to deploy five G networks this year already. Um, I know they've both run five G tests uh, with um, their partners. I think Nokia and Huawei have been involved. Um, and I just worry there's a little bit of a sense of well, there's, a, there's a lack of a sense of urgency in the allocation of 5G spectrum. Um, and I think ICASA, what ICASA should do, knowing that uh, the minister wants this report, is to start to work on it now. Um, I, I think we know a lot about what the um, the final, what's going to happen at the World Radio Communications Conference, mm-hmm. and a lot of that report can actually be prepared in advance uh, so that... Um, we don't have to wait for ICASA to spend six months investigating this after the, the World Radio Communications Conference. And hopefully, after WRC is concluded, uh, they'd actually be able to present a report to the minister um, by maybe January of next year rather than May or June. Um, uh, I, I think that, um, unfortunately, when you set a deadline for something, uh, people tend to use up all of that available time um, and will... Uh, only allocate or only get get it done, you know, the day it's due. Um, but I think in this case, there's a, there's a good argument to be made for ICASA to get a move on and to actually deliver this report to the minister um, many months in advance, so that we can get on with the licensing of radio frequency spectrum for five G services. Thank you, Martin. Apparently, there's no hiss on the uh, on the line. Um, a quiet test approved. Renee says uh, the hiss was bad from my side. Seems clear from Oz. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Would have thought it'd be the other way around. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, what's next on our? Uh, I've got so many buttons to press these days. It's difficult to find out <laughs> where all my stuff is. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Intel and Apple. Um, let me just find that uh, video and put it on the screen. Uh, Big big news, I think. Um, Apple spending a billion dollars buying uh, Intel's uh, cellular modem business. Um, so Intel has always struggled in the cellular in the cellular modem uh, market. Uh, we know that Qualcomm is absolutely dominant in that space, though. The, some of the Chinese manufacturers have started <laughs> to uh, started to catch up, particularly Huawei. Um, but uh, uh, there there's some others in in China as well that are that have made serious advances in the past couple of years. I think Huawei is probably at the leading edge. I see its new Chiron, I think it's the Chiron 985, 985, yes. Chiron 985 uh, chipset, mobile chipset, uh, is um, is going to include an integrated 5G antenna. Um, so they, they're giving Qualcomm a, a run for their money. But of course, there's a lot of history between Apple and, and Qualcomm. We know Apple mm. does not like Qualcomm one bit. Um, they've uh, they've uh, sued them in court over their uh, over their licensing practices, um, basically alleging that you know you have to pay Qualcomm even if you haven't got a Qualcomm chip in your phone because of all their pay- patents that they've registered around this technology. Uh, Apple and Qualcomm settled that out of court because uh, Apple realized that without the Qualcomm technology, they won't be able to release a 5G version of the iPhone next year. Um, and they can't afford that. I mean, they can't wait until 2023 or whenever it is when they when they've got the Intel chipset ready. Um, so they had to do a they had to hold their noses, I guess, and uh, and, and 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 sign a deal with Qualcomm. Um, otherwise, there would be no 5G iPhone. Um, but this Intel acquisition is clearly aimed at uh, Apple developing its own uh, 5G modem technology. Uh, within a short period of time, I'd imagine two, perhaps three years, uh, and um, and then dumping Qualcomm. Uh, yeah, I mean, taking things in-house is definitely uh, Apple's forte, right? Mm. And um, yeah, they need to. <laughs> and I think the stuff with Huawei is also, you know, you, you, we, we can't ignore this in this whole equation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a very clever move on their part. They certainly got the money. 
may as well bring the service in house and, and really benefit from some you know secret technology that they can or, or technology patents that they can work on secretly um, yeah yeah exactly exactly um but it's an in interesting time uh, qualcomm the winner in the short term but potentially not the winner in the long term and i wonder if apple would sell on sell that technology that they're going to develop through the intel unit or they'll keep it for themselves Given Apple's history, they'll probably just keep it for themselves. Uh, yeah, I don't think they would sell it. They'll keep investing. They well, they'll they'll just build it out into the other devices and, uh, you know, like I said, do it secretly and try mm. to get it out of the back. Because yeah. now, if they if they have an edge on, you know, I don't know something, maybe a five G version two chip that they can maybe squeeze a few extra some things out of, or I don't know, mm. a lot of things you can do, right? Mm. Generation stuff, and they've got a good ecosystem. So now, all of a sudden, if you have a lot of uh, Apple devices close together. I'm sure now you can start doing some really interesting things um, if you own mm. that uh, communications chip, yep. if you own the technology um, and push data through it between devices. Mm. I can see benefit in that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at the story close enough to know why Intel has struggled so much to get into the mobile market. I mean, they, they're still dominant on desktop. AMD is giving them a bit of a run for their money lately, but... Um, but they've always dominated on desktop, but they've just never been able to translate it into the mobile arena, and I don't know why. Well, the, again, I think Qualcomm is one of those companies that's made it very difficult for them, probably in pricing too, if they're competing in bulk with uh, you know, the guys that ultimately are going to fund the technology. Mm. Um, and I would say, looking at business practices, I wouldn't be surprised if pricing was undercut or you know, yeah. um, to make just, some early sales. and, and yeah. Up it rise to, to where it is right now. It's just, it just amazes me that a, that a company the size of Intel that utterly dominated the semiconductor market for PC components, for PC chips, for so long, um, and, and it is such a big, rich company um, with what must be thousands of very talented engineers in the semiconductor market, wasn't able to translate that into success in the mobile space. Um, and I don't know what the reason is. I'm sure someone's written a book on this. Um, it might have uh, been that thinking because it was a bit of an old school um, yeah. you know, desktop processes versus mobile processes. I think you need to dissociate the two completely in terms of what the function ultimately becomes. I'm not saying yeah. they didn't think of this, but if you come out, if you if you build a new factory with that in mind, like mm. the, the likes of Qualcomm did, I think your engineers are slightly uh, more open to. Mm. Or, or kind of, or, or kind of, probably get newer, better ideas um, on mm. paper and design maybe some more interesting things. Ultimately, yeah. resulting in the technology that we're seeing, I would, I would say that that's probably, probably the case. Uh, mm. And just not being able to break that, um, maybe the business model too. Mm. How do we sell this to guys? Mm. I must read more of these business books. I used to re devour them. Um, I'm actually rereading a very old book on Intel at the moment. Um, written by a journalist, uh, th uh, former journalist, I think, from the Financial Times, uh, covering uh, a lot of the history up to sort of Andy Grove, um, mm. who was a legendary CEO of Intel. Uh, and I love reading those books because they, they really are, some of them really do read like thrillers. Um, I must get back into, into reading them. Um, maybe that's my cue to buy a new Kindle. I was looking at that new Oasis the other day. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so Apple uh, iPhone five G iPhone only in in September twenty twenty is that too late? Should they um, should they put out a five G iPhone this year? No, I don't think so. Well, I don't really. I mean, mm. unless they want to make a statement. But you know, I don't think they need to at this point. I don't need to boast mm. the the first and biggest with five G. Everybody knows it's coming, and now we're just looking for proliferation of the technology everywhere so that we can use our devices, right? Yeah. And maybe Apple knows that. You know, they've got a big US market. Uh, you know, they again with like the Apple Pay type of thing. You know, you want some groundwork done before you put that thing out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They don't need to rush it. They don't need to rush I, that's it. That's my feel as well. That's my feeling as well. But they have to do it next year. They can't leave it longer than that. Oh, yeah. um, but um, there are going to be tons of uh, Android uh, 5G handsets out before then. I mean, there's already a few in the market. I mean, Samsung has a 5G version of the, of the Galaxy S10. Uh, the new Galaxy Note is launching, I think, next week or the week after, the week after, I think. Um, that's also more certainly going to have a 5G version. Uh, the Huawei Mate 30 Pro is due in October. That's probably going to have a, it will have a 5G version. 
Um, and of course, then then there's the new the Galaxy S11 or whatever it is, which will be out in February, March next year. By the time Apple launches their 5G handsets, all I think all of the major Android flag- flagships will be 5G. Do we think that iPhone users are yearning for? I mean, they would much rather have a complete new package upgrade when they do, rather than having incomplete. Mm. Yeah, I I don't think it matters. I I think uh, as long as they do it by September 2020, I don't think it matters. Um, But they can't leave it any longer than that. Um, I've seen a couple of reports saying that this year's iPhone is going to be very kind of meh, um, very minor updates to uh, last year's model. Some improvements to the camera, um, possibly an additional sensor. But beyond that, um, basically the same design, the notch, (laughs) etc. Are you also feeling serious tech fatigue when it comes to these devices right now, especially around yeah. the 5G conversation? Mm. I mean, I know we need these things, but as a, as a as from a consumer point of view, just a person that enjoys technology, or you know, there's, there's no reason to really get excited yet, um, mm. and to spend lots of money on new technology that, again, you know, I love my phone at the moment. There's no need to upgrade, mm. unless you see those real case case scenarios for you know this is a cool feature for upgrading to this phone. And this is something that I really need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, that, you don't, that, I do feel a bit... you don't need to upgrade as often as you, as you used to. I mean, um, I think you can easily go three years, three years with, uh, without an upgrade these days. Whereas before it was like, oh my, my word, after two years, you're dying for that next phone. Um, it, it's not as the, 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 the pull isn't as strong as it used to be. And I, I think it's also, um, you know, the Gorilla Glass uh, on these phones has gotten a lot better. Uh, so they don't break as often. Uh, so they're lasting longer. And I think people are also more conscious of protecting their devices. Um, so they, they are lasting longer. And the, the technology is not advancing as quickly as it, as it was a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, what's the next big thing we want to put in? Yes, 5G is a pretty nice feature to have if you have the infrastructure. Because mm. um, it'll just make your bandwidth, you know, so much better, your, your bandwidth throughput. But yeah, what else do you need? I mean, the screen is pretty great. I've been playing a lot of games on my phone again, and the experience is superb, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, so maybe in that arena, if you're a gamer, I know Asus is bringing out a new gaming, uh, their ROG phone. There's a new version coming out. Mm. But that's a very niche product. But, you know, so if you're a gamer, you might look at that. Um, but for everybody else, the, the phones and the code that's running the games on these phones is mm pretty well optimized yeah um maybe some new camera features but again the ai the the ai technology that you're seeing with the apps are kind of doing a lot of the work for you right mm. so your phone just has to be really good or good enough um, and most of them are 12 megapixels and up these days yeah. which is yeah. plenty yeah and um, so we're living in a really good time we can get some good tech um if you're happy to settle for a one year old device at a really mm. good price absolutely Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to um, take a slight detour now into uh, into headphones, which is, it wasn't on our list today. But uh, Martin is prompting me in the <laughs> in the chat room, um, and I know he's uh, he's just bought a, a new pair of, of Bose headphones called the NC700. Um, I recently um, bought the uh, Sony uh, XM1000. Sorry, the Sony. I've got such a long name, I can't remember what it is. Something like the Sony 1000 XM3. I've never been good with their names. Never. No, no. Um, but they're, they're great headphones. I absolutely love the Sonys. Um, and uh, and I know Martin went and bought a pair as well, which he ended up returning to the store because he wasn't happy with the voice call quality. Um, uh, and he uses them extensively for voice calls. And I don't use my headphones for voice calls at all. Mm. Um and um, so I'm, 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 I'm certainly not returning my Sony's. I, I absolutely love the, the. Oh, here they're sitting in front of me. The uh, WH one thousand XM three. They are um, absolutely superb. The, the level of bass you get through them and uh, the sound quality from through music um, is is fantastic. But I have seen some subsequent reports that uh, the, uh, the 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 their the, um, ability to take calls is not great. Um, the sound quality is not great on on the Sony's. Um, so um, Bose, which I've always been a fan of. In fact, I'm wearing a po- pair of Bose here, the uh, um, QC25s, which are wired uh, headphones. Mm. They replaced those with the QC35s and then they had various iterations of the QC35. I think there was a QC35 II. I don't think there was a three, uh, but they've just announced the successor to the QC35s and that's the uh, the NC700s. 
Um, and I've read a few reviews on these already, and they look like amazing headphones. Um, I think they're about four hundred dollars, um, so they're probably going to land here at about seven grand, possibly eight grand. Um, although you should chop around. Um, they're apparently only arriving in South Africa around October, um, but Martin's got a got a got his hands on a pair because uh, he's living in Sydney, and they've launched there already. And he says um, they're amazing, better noise cancellation, extremely good mic for voice calls, and slightly deeper but not sloppy bass. Uh, loving the test, uh, the uh, touch gestures, accurate. Um, so, um, looking forward to uh, have a look at a, a review pair of the the NC seven hundreds when they launch here in October. Uh, but they look like a fantastic pair of headphones, and um, Bose had to do something, I think, because Sony was starting to give them a run for their money. And I think the person behind us on the screen has swiped enough Tinder people <laughs> to last a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We've seen that. Uh, let me, uh, swipes galore. Let me go back to our logo. Oh, there we go. Thanks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing playing around with the uh, the NC seven seven hundreds. Martin says they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, one thing, sorry, just before you finish mm. off, is the, the call quality of a lot of devices is, or, or a lot of um, wireless devices, in your devices, headphones. I don't know why they haven't improved. I mean, especially with with the gaming side of things, where people, you know. Mm. Uh, even a lot of the gaming headsets, the quality isn't as clear as what you would expect it to be, especially for something with a mic sitting right by your, yeah. your mouth. I suppose it depends on on how much you spend on them. Um, I, I think you can get a like an entry level gaming headset for about five six hundred bucks, but obviously you're not going to get the great quality. No, no, of course, that. I'm talking about a few grand, but yeah, it's, you know, it's it's um, even when you spend two or three grand, I haven't heard heard of anything or seen anything that really is like podcast quality content, mm. uh, podcast quality audio that you want for content. Yeah. 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 So, um, City Power. Um, Where's that, that sound thing? effect? Now you can use it with my permission. Actually, <laughs> 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 uh, I'll use it this week later on, so uh, uh, I'll have to uh, play that again. But uh I like pressing that button, so that's no problem at all. <laughs> um, but uh, City Power on Thursday, late Thursday night, discovered that they've been hit by a ransomware attack which had affected their systems. Uh, their website was down. Uh, I don't know if it's up yet. Um, I must have a look, actually. Um, and um, prepaid users haven't been unable to buy electricity, <laughs> which is rather serious. Um, are you on prepaid electricity? Are you, no, are you, no, no. no. Uh, I know a lot of people are on prepaid electricity now, and it's um, it's a big problem if you can't buy it. Um, oh, yeah. Especially this time before the end of the month. I mean, a lot yeah. of people who haven't been paid yet will hold out if they could mm. now. If they yeah now if yeah. they've held out and can pay for it now, then can't. It's, mm. it's a problem. It's a big problem. We know very little about how this uh, this ransomware attack happened. Um, so uh, you know, most of it's just speculation at this point. Um, but yeah, we know the cyber crooks are out there, and they they're looking for vulnerabilities. And uh, if they find them, they're going to exploit them. Uh, hey guys, please send us some Bitcoin, and we'll uh, help you recover your network, which they probably won't anyway. Um, just but hope City Power case, hasn't paid them. Yeah, please. But uh, it is a big issue. I mean, what do they do if, if I mean, if their security, if their systems have been vulnerable? Mm. Has the backups been done? So are they able to roll back? The, you know, that's kind of the first question. That's ex- absolutely. And the fact that it wasn't restored the whole of Friday suggests to me that there was an issue with the backups. Exactly. And you have to have ba- off-site backup and you have to have at least two backups, I think. And yeah, I mean, yeah, would that have been done? Probably not. Because um, for some, for a breach like this to, to happen in a modern corporation with the right tools in place is unlikely. Yes, mm. you need to spend some money on that security, but we're talking about city power. Mm. You know, it's infrastructure that's you, know, you can't have the stuff go down. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that net, that uh, IT infrastructure. But wasn't there also this issue with the um, who was the head of um, was it the IT infrastructure of the government? Was it the CETA? That, CETA, who on TV made a bit of a fool of herself. I oh, know that was uh, that was um, that was SARS. Oh, was Revenues. Sars, okay. She was the IT director of SARS, yes. Yeah. I think she's left there now. Uh, not surprising. Uh, <laughs> but uh, City Power, let me let me have a quick squiz. Is their website actually up? Oh, City, City Power. Uh, where is their website? In the, here we go, City Power. Load shedding schedule. Uh, no, it's not loading here. 
No, it's still down. So it's been mm. four days now, three three days. Yeah, I mean, if you hit by a ransomware attack like that, that is, and, and you don't know how long it's been there, right? So if it gets mm. deep into your system and when it activates, it activates on your backups, you have a big problem. You know, the websites. Yeah, yeah. And that is questions also. I mean, if somebody knows his vulnerabilities, is it the easy target from mm. any point of view? You know, if they know that there's lack infrastructure. Mm. So uh, we'll we'll get uh, we'll get back to City Power in just a moment. Um, Rishal in the chat room says, "I plan on buying the Sony 1000 XM3s." Rishal, you won't go wrong with them. They are beautiful headphones. But um, as as Martin and other people have pointed out. Uh, if you use your headphones for making a lot of phone calls, uh, you might want to consider something else like the Bose NC700s when they launched in October. But if you're just going to listen to them, use them to listen to music, they're a fantastic option. Right, back to the show notes. Um, a radical new start menu may be coming to Windows 10. Rachad, you picked the story up. Uh, they're getting rid of the live tiles. I say, um, finally. Well, maybe. So there's been some design. Um, well, there was an internal build that was pushed out mistakenly, apparently, that showed this. And I don't know if you've got that. Uh, have you got the image up there? Yeah, we I do. do yeah. Um, that showed uh, that showed this new build. It seems like it's still in the development phase because some of the icons obviously aren't as nice as what they probably could be. But I kind of like it. I mean, just big do, icons. Yeah. Go mm. to, going to your apps. I mean, it's kind of what it should be, right? Because mm. we don't. I don't know if you use it, but I don't use the current start menu at all. It, I don't use the start menu at all. Never. Just search for something. Yeah. Um, but I, I do have a function for that. You know, I do have, I do have a lot of things that don't fit in my start bar. And I don't use shortcuts, so mm-hmm. I can see myself using using this new version because I do have yeah. a need for it. Um, yeah. It'll be nice if there's a few more customizable features in there, which I'm sure they will look at. Mm. Um. But yeah, I hope I hope to see this in a in a real push uh, push of an update soon. I'd actually like the ability in Windows 10 just to switch off a start menu because I don't need it. Yeah, I mean, good point, right? Give us the option to just have it, just to not have it there. Maybe have a customize the link when you what you what happens when you open it. Um, does it give you everything or just you know the straight up apps that you have yeah. like the old school Windows? Because you know there is a lot of function in having that, especially if if you have a uh, if you want to get access to an app that you don't use often. Mm. You know, yes, you can, you can use Twitch, but it's just a workflow issue. I yeah, think. with the um, with the latest update, um, I think they called it the May twenty nine update to Windows ten. Um, you can already remove all of the live tiles, which I've done. Um, you just right click on them. You can even right click on groups and delete them. Um, so when I click my start menu, as I have done here, uh, all I see is my list of installed apps. I don't see anything else. Nice. So you can yeah, clear away all of that sure. cruft. Yeah, you can clear away all the cruft and you can... Uh, like the Dolby button. What is the Dolby button for, right? I don't know. And then there's news. We don't need news in the start menu. No, just clear it all. I never use it. I, I put all the apps I use regularly on the taskbar. And um, if I need to open an app that's not on my taskbar, I just hit the search button and type the name of the app. Mm. No, you're right. I mean, the, the workflow, especially for people that have used Windows for many, many, many years, is much mm. easier now. You know, a lot of us have the Windows button, um, Windows search, you can call it very quickly without having to type, touch your mouse. Yeah. I, I suppose there are a lot of users out there who, um, you know, have grown up with Windows and they're used to hitting the start button and going there and finding what they want. And I suppose Microsoft can't just ditch it because uh, there'll be millions of very unhappy users who won't know how to use their computer anymore. Mm. Um, but I, I think tech savvy users have, have, have pretty much abandoned the stop menu. I mean, yeah. Apple hasn't had one ever, right? So, or no. since the early version, well, since, but yeah. And you, you know, you don't need it. But yeah, maybe it's a bit nostalgia. It's a little key feature, I guess. You can put stuff there, shortcut access. Mm. Mm. says they should have stayed with Windows 7. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But Windows 7 is a bit of a dog of an OS nowadays. Um, I like Windows 10 a lot. It's a nice, clean. I like the job Microsoft's done with it, and I, I like the OS. I actually prefer it to Mac, Mac OS or Mac OS. Um, it's it's come a long way, and uh, even since the first version of Windows was released, it's a fast, stable uh, operating system. And I and I like the the Windows uh, subsystem for Linux as well. I'm now running Ubuntu as an app, basically, um, because I've been doing I'm quite a lot of it. Which version? When did they push that out officially? I must check it it's the uh, the May 2019 update. So you just have to it, uh, you just have to enable it uh, in uh, in the settings somewhere, 
the Windows subsystem for Linux, and then you go into the Windows App Store, and you download it as an app. So you can, I think you can download Suzy or Suza, and um, you can definitely download Suza. I think you can download, you could definitely can download Ubuntu as well, um, and there might be a third Linux in there as well. I think it's Red Hat. Why, why would you want to install Linux? That's just what I don't understand. Because you often need to. Um, Tinker with something, right? Sorry? <laughs> Tinker with something. Tinker with something, yeah. You missed the command line. But you can do a lot of powerful stuff with the Linux command line that you can't really do in Windows. Although Windows PowerShell is also pretty good. No, for sure. Now, I know a few people that like to work in Linux because uh, they're developers. So, mm. you know, if it makes a lot of sense if you want to have a bit of both or transition or learn, learn yeah. code or do something cool like that. Yeah. And previously, you had to run these um, ghastly virtual machines like Oracle VirtualBox. Uh, to to run to run Linux on Windows, but now that they've actually built the kernel into the operating system, it's so simple and it loads so quickly. You just click the I click the little Ubuntu icon on my on my taskbar, and uh, Linux is up and running in less than a second. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, Glenn says the Dolby button links to the Dolby Access app in the store that allows you to get Dolby Atmos in your headphones on a trial basis. Uh, clearly, Microsoft and Dolby have some form of advertising agreement there. Oh, there you yeah, go. It's an ad. More money out of you. Yeah, exactly. It's an ad. <laughs> thanks, um, thanks for that. And M Martin says interacting with cloud platforms and dev tools, you need Linux. Absolutely. Sure, sure. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but again, if you if, you, if that's your business, you're probably going to run it natively on your machine. But I, I see. I, I I do like the fact that you can run different operating systems. I mean, if you yeah. want to tinker again, or if you want to play and have multiple versions. Yes. I am. Um, I, I I've actually reinstalled uh, Linux natively on on uh, on one of my laptops uh, just to tinker around. Uh, I do this every so often just to see how the Linux world is coming along. Um, I, uh, I I installed something called Man, Manjava, Mandrova, sorry, uh, Martin's going to beat me over the head for getting this wrong. <laughs> Manjava, Man I think it's called, uh, which I did not like. Um, then I installed Ubuntu. Um, uh, I think the, the most recent uh, release uh, from April. Um, and it hasn't come a long way since the last time I used it a few years ago. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Ubuntu interface. Um, so I'll probably go and head and install something else, but I'm not sure what yet. Uh, I've been toying with the idea of putting SUSE on there, um, but uh, you know, there's so many distros out there. Um, mm. I tried Linux Mint as well. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, it's quite nice looking, but uh, but uh, yeah, um, Manjaro, Manjaro. There we go. Manjaro. Thanks, Martin. <laughs> Manjaro Linux. I, I didn't really like it much. Um, I, I didn't play with it that long. I think I had it on my machine for 30 minutes before I kicked it into touch and installed Ubuntu. Uh, <laughs> but I like the fact that it's easy. You just get down at the app and install it. I mean, that is... It's as simple as it's as simple as simple burning an ISO to a USB stick now. Stick a USB in your laptop or your computer and boot the computer. Can you boot into that operating system or do you need to still go to Windows first? No, you can boot directly into it. So you download oh, really? the ISO. You, oh. you create an ISO. You create an ISO, ISO image on a USB stick, or if you've still got a, um, a DVD drive, I suppose you can use one of those. But um, you can just literally boot it from a USB, and and you can install Linux. So I, I reformatted my hard drive and replaced Windows on on that particular machine, mm, mm. Uh, just to play around because it's fun. I like playing with Linux and and seeing what the guys are doing. Um, I, I, I'm certainly by no means an expert at Linux, and um, I don't really know my way around the command line, although I can do some basic stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm more like to see what's happening in the world of things like KDE and GNOME and uh, and how they're coming along. My biggest problem with uh, with Linux is it doesn't run the Adobe suite. Mm. Oh, that's pretty true. And it also doesn't run Windows, right? <laughs> but Windows runs Linux. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can r run Windows in a in a virtual machine on Linux. Okay. Oh, you'll be able to do so much with that. Yeah. yeah. But then again, you know, I've like, and, and I'm not a, a pro by, on on that front by any means. But I've found so many good Windows tools that allowed me to run various emulators for service type tools to do basic dev work. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it's definitely a bit for everybody. Um, yeah. You, just, you choose your flavor and you add your toppings, really. Yes. It's nice to be in a place where it's so readily available, especially on a commercial platform like Windows. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Now you're not going to run uh, you're not going to run the GUI in, in in Linux on the Windows Linux subsystem, at least not yet. Um, but so the the the, um, the flavors you download from the from the Windows App Store are uh, command line only. Mm -hmm. But that's fine. Um, 
you know, if you're a developer, you know your way around the Linux command line. Right, shall we move on to our regular features? Um, we don't have a winner this week, I'm afraid, uh, unless you have one, Rechard. Anyone who mm. grabbed your attention this week? Um, no, not really. No. I think I can. No. I think I can mention. Yeah. And our uh, our loser this week. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> our loser this week is uh, is City Power. Um, for the ransomware attack, we won't uh, dwell on that any longer. Yeah, please not. I just hope they look into it and make sure it doesn't happen again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on to our picks of the week. What have you got? <laughs> so I was very happy to see that the Springbok game, I don't have last week's one was streamed, I think it was, but it's so awesome to see that on Showmax as a tab, sport under a beta system, uh, under the beta tab, um, that you can stream a lot of good sports, including live rugby, which was absolutely fantastic. Mm. So I don't have to find an illegal stream somewhere. I could actually just get value out of it from a service that I'm paying for. And how was it? Was it, was it streamed 100%? Yeah. It was perfect. It was the same experience as you have on the DSTV. I think it's DSTV now. Yes. That's so did they, did they did they just pull in the super sport feed or how did it work? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it looked mm. like it. The behind the scenes footage and commentary was all super sport stuff. Okay. Uh, it was just super sport they pulled through then, yeah. And again, this is something we've been saying really that is the solution for them to, to get into online, right? Just own mm. that space and make it available. Um, it'll be interesting to see how if this is because this is a beta. They're probably checking what people are going to do. Mm. So, you know, will people be cancelling their DSTV subscription? And I wonder what the people would if they just watch sport. Yeah, I mean the the long term goal here must be to. Uh, I mean, obviously they're trying to figure out, you know, what sort of demand do you, spikes do you see on Showmax um, if it's available. Um, uh, but I, I'd imagine this is is perhaps the first steps towards creating some sort of uh, streaming sports service under the Showmax brand um, that possibly you pay extra for. I was just going to say, I think that's exactly what's in beta now. So they're just checking out how it works, seeing how people are using it. And mm. when they are ready, probably a three, four hundred rand premium for that, I would imagine. I would guess. Wild guess. It depends what they put on there, I suppose. I mean, if it's only a subset of the super sport channels, then maybe it'll be less. But I, if, if we look again at the, I've mentioned this before, if you look at the pay-per-view system in America, you know, where you pay for, pay for events or pay for mm. big sports events. You know, that's still a very real possibility. I don't know why we haven't seen it. Mm. Because you pay for a ticket to go watch a game, which is obviously a better experience. But if you can't fly to New Zealand to watch the game, um, and you don't want to go somewhere to go watch it, and you yeah. want to watch it in the morning at your house, um, you know, maybe spending 100 bucks per per rugby game, per big rugby springbok game, isn't too bad, right? Mm. But I would I don't see them doing it with this. I see them doing a Maybe two hundred bucks. I don't know, but three hundred rand seems seems like a, a good number for a, a sports add-on if you get a lot of yeah. live sports on there. Because for me, I mean, I'm also just a very subset of a sports viewer. I only watch certain live games, right? I don't really mm. watch the shows that are produced by SuperSport, which I think a lot of the advertisers are also after. So you might mm. lose that on the Showmax system. And how do they compensate for that? Yeah. But if YouTube can give us unlimited all-you-can-eat YouTube with no ads for eighty bucks. <laughs> I'm sure there must be a solution. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they'll be fiddling with the business models, and they'll be very co conscious of the fact that they, uh, if they erode that DSTV premium base um, by putting too much free stuff onto Showmax, free in inverted commas, um, then there's a, they risk accelerating the decline in that premium base, which is the most lucrative part of their business. No, for sure, for sure. But if they can offset that with people that's going to be streaming in any case, maybe just get their money. Because somebody yeah. can come in and offer that at some point, right? Yes. Um, so if they can determine the flat rate for what that should be, being X, and just convert those guys from the DSTV premium subscription mm. and kind of still own the customer, try and get them. To, because if the guy's going to cancel for other reasons, go to Netflix and stuff, he's going to do it regardless. Yes. Uh, I'd rather keep him a happy customer, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, interesting few years ahead in the streaming broadcasting space, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I I pretty much watch streaming exclusively these days. Um, okay. I've been watching a great show on uh, on uh, Netflix called Shetland. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah, uh, it's a crime 
set on on the island of Shetland, which is right at the top of Scotland. Um, very moody show with, uh, with beautiful scenes and and stuff. Crime show, um, but very well done. Great, good character development. Um, I recommend it. Right, so my pick this week uh, is a review phone that I've been using, um, which I actually normally wouldn't have paid t- too much attention to, but uh, I needed a phone to use after my uh, my handset was liberated from me this week, um, and that's the uh, LG G8S Think, uh, T-H-I-N-Q. Um, uh, oh, <laughs> I haven't paid too much uh, attention to uh, to LG in, in recent years. I used to use their phones, actually. I think I had an LG G2, and then I had the G3. might have even had the G4. Um, but then I kind of lost interest in them because uh, I, th- I think their rivals kind of pulled ahead of them, especially Samsung and, and, and more recently Huawei. Um, so I, I haven't been, probably been, haven't been paying it the, the, them the attention that they deserve. Um, but this this phone's not bad. I, I quite like it a lot. It, it's la- lacking a couple of things you'd expect in a in a 2019 um, uh, top end uh, flagship phone, like an underscreen fingerprint reader. Um, it's still got it back on the on the rear of the phone. Um, but uh, other than that, it's got a beautiful OLED screen. It's uh, it's um, I think it's a 6.5 inch. Uh, it's uh, it, it's um, it's got a notch. <laughs> Which you can hide in Android. Three cameras, uh, two cameras. It's got three rear cameras, which I which I still need to play with properly. Um, it's, uh, um, but I, I must say they 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 just in my initial playing around with it, it, it doesn't quite match up to the Huawei Mate 20 Pro's camera setup. But I, I do need to spend some more time with it. It's got an, an 855 Qualcomm processor, the latest Qualcomm processor, um, and it's super snappy and it works. Um, it's a little bit wide for my liking. I, I like the trend that Android manufacturers have gone on in recent years, where their phones have become a little narrow and a little taller. Mm. Um, uh, this is this is I'm not sure what the exact dimension is, but it's a, it's a little wide in the hand, um, so it's a little bit hard to to hold with one hand. Especially if you need to reach your thumb over to the yeah. top corner, right? That's always the trick to do that. Yes. Yes. Um, obviously, they do software that allows you to like bring down the, the apps and, and stuff and to type in the corner. Uh, but um, I, I like the trend towards taller, thinner, taller, narrower phones. Um, but it's a minor gripe. It's, it's actually a really good phone. Um, I haven't checked what the price is. I'm imagining it's about between twelve and fourteen thousand. Um, but uh, the LG still in the game, um, and uh, it's, it's just it probably just doesn't have anything that's really stand out to make it stand out from its competitors. And that's probably its biggest problem. But as you can see, it's got a big, gorgeous display. And how's the game performance on there, Duncan? Have you played any games? I haven't, no. <laughs> I haven't. But it's got a Qualcomm 855, so it should be pretty good. I'm not sure what the GP is. Most iron phones these days can. Can do pretty well, yeah. Um, if I put the camera on and put it in front of there, am I going to break the internet? <laughs> Well, that is a bit weird, yeah. Trippy. It's like a music video. It's like a it's like a music video gone bad. It is kind of weird. Look how the green screen still comes through. I suppose it would. Mm. That looks kind of weird. Looks like my phone's got a hole in it, eh? What you should do is get um get your cover your headphones in green. Wear a green shirt, green rimmed glasses, and wear a green beanie, and then. I'll disappear. Then you can freak out. <laughs> <with everybody. laughs> it <slip>. Yes. <laughs> I must try that. It'll be good fun, actually. Entire <laughs> <laughs> podcast just by messing around with a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're going to get we're going to get your green screen in there installed in there soon. So uh, yeah. uh, then we're really going to start to have some fun with this podcast. The video version thereof, anyway. Uh, if you're still listening to the audio version, do join us on Sundays at one o'clock because we do have a lot of fun on YouTube. Uh, right, let me hit that button, and um, I think that's our show, apart from our quiz results. Uh, let me go back to our show notes. Um, all right, let me just check the uh, check the chat room. Martin says, still loving my my 8 Lite 6 gigabyte RAM and 128 GB storage, all for $249. Um, it's about 2,500 Rand, I think, uh, at the Aussie South African Rand exchange rate. Maybe a bit more, maybe 3,000 Rand, but still a very good price. That's uh, my... What brand is that? Xiaomi, Xiaomi brand, Xiaomi Mi Lite, uh, eight light. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to spend a, you don't have to break the bank when you buy a, to get a decent mid-range phone these days. Yeah, if you're just an average phone user, you don't want. I mean, you maybe want to play a little bit of games, but do a lot of 
web browsing? Do you want a social one or two social media apps? Take a few photographs. You have so many awesome choices out there. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, it's good. To, it's it's good to see that. You know, obviously a lot of people prefer different cameras, so that's what they go after. And again, you have a lot of good choices in that department too. Yeah, absolutely. Who's buys a digital camera these days, right? I mean, <laughs> me. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Actually, I still mm. use mine a lot, but I mean, that's for 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 other work, real work. for work stuff. So, yeah, I actually, I actually use my smartphone for a lot of work related photographs too, social media yeah. based imagery and things because it just mm. it's so efficient. It works just mm. well. It works so well. Yeah, but for anybody these days who wants to get into photography, like when I when I was a kid, I bought a thirty five millimeter camera. You don't need to do that. No, you don't. Yeah, phone is everything. But I if think you want, kind of lose, you lose the art of it if you don't appreciate. Um, you know the composition of a photo and style, yeah. mm. color, and that kind of thing. But if you if you are going to do professional photography, you're still going to own a, a DSLR or a mirrorless. Although I mean, I would argue in the in the social media area, you can you can get away with a lot. Mm. You can start making money to to you can start earning money to buy a digital uh, proper digital camera by doing really good mobile phone photography. True. Uh, but a Photoshop skills thrown in, thrown in with that if you if it's if there's a purpose behind it, and that's a beautiful thing about tech, right? You can just you can really do anything if you if you just start with the basics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look absolutely. at where you are now with your with the, with the studio. I mean, the stuff that you're doing is it's television studios. You know, twenty years ago in the '90s, television studios didn't have that technology. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's the it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's do our quiz. Let me do the first question. Hosting company Hetzner has a new name. What is it now called? And that is Xnilo, pronounced yeah. or spelt X-N-E-L-O. It's a very strange name. Yeah. Doesn't exactly roll out the tongue, and I don't think I'm going to remember that in five minutes from now. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a bit strange. It seems like a, it, it seems like an Asian company all of a sudden, and it's not. It's like a, mm. it's a South African company. Right? Yeah. It's got something to do with their. Um, there's, there's a company in Germany, I think, called Hetzner as well, and they're not mm. directly related to the South African mm. Hetzner, so they, I think they decided to change their name to avoid the con the confusion. But Ex Nilo, I don't know about that. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Second question: Nasdaq this week announced it was leading a funding round in which education technology company, and the answer is Brainly. And which uh, giant European telco said this week that it would spin off its tower infrastructure into a new company, and that is Vodafone. Either to avoid taxes or to make money or both, right? Well, make money. <laughs> <laughs> government is, uh, fourth question, government is forging ahead with plans to create a wholesale open access network or Wohan. How much of the Wohan's capacity does it want commercial operators who receive new high-speed demand spectrum to buy from it? And the answer is 30%. Well done. That that was a very um, topsy turvy question. Um, and how much is uh, is Apple paying to buy Intel's cellular modem chip business? And that's uh, one billion greenbacks. Hmm. A lot exactly of bucks. One billion dollars. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, that's our show. Thanks everyone for joining us uh, live today. We uh, we are live on Sundays at uh, at one p.m. or most Sundays. Um, join us on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash techcentral and uh, hit that subscribe button and you'll get alerted uh, whenever we go live on air or we should get alerted anyway um, and uh, you can also WhatsApp the show 71 999 that's 71 999 and of course we are still available on audio um, through your regular podcatchers such as um, I was going to say iTunes, but I don't think it is iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Um, what else are we on record? I forget. Google Spotify. Podcasts, Spotify. Um, yeah, there's lots of them. If basically, if it's a podcast app, we're there. World. Sorry, what's that? Internet. The internet. Yes, we're on the internet. Uh, Techcentral.ca.za. You can uh, also, also send you transcriptions if you send 100 rand in the self-addressed uh, envelope. <laughs> <laughs> hundred bucks to do a transcription. <laughs> we not do it for five, don't can we can do it for five dollars? Five rand. Okay. Oh, we outsource it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get Microsoft's those services to transcribe it. Have you seen yeah. that uh, the tech that's coming out with that now? No. But if you do, um, if you do voice calls and interviews um, using the new stream service, I think mm. it's called Stream. Um, there's a transcription service built in that gives you that's bit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, actually, YouTube does closed captioning now, and it works very well. Um, I haven't enabled it for the Tech Central channel, 
Um, but if you enable it, it'll actually translate what we're saying and put the text on screen uh, in real time. Unless it's uh, South African words and it sometimes struggles, right? Yeah. Well, if we start, start speaking to each other, if we start speaking to each other in uh, in Isizulu, then uh, then I think Google might struggle a bit. That'll be a one-sided conversation, Duncan. <laughs> well, since I don't speak Zulu, it'll be a zero-sided conversation. <laughs> cool stuff. Well, well, that's our show. Thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for listening to or joining us live uh, today. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else to say. Um, that, what's that number again? 071 Cheers, everyone in the chat room. From Rechard and myself, until next time. Cheers.